is a topic that plays a very central part in Jewish life and practice. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so food is a central part of life in general. Uh, and Jewish rituals, and Jewish holidays. Uh, and um, we also have the idea of blessings. And blessings are not just for foods. There's blessings we say before foods, after foods. Blessings are part of our prayers. Uh, blessings are part of our, like there's experiential uh, prayer uh, blessings. Like for example, there's blessings that you're supposed to say when you, if you see lightning and thunder, you're supposed to make a blessing, special blessings for that. There's blessings for uh, if you see rainbow. some, uh-huh, you see a rainbow, rainbow. you see uh, a king, you see a great Torah scholar. Right? A lot of different blessings that we can say. Uh, and the Talmud comes along and says something very interesting. The Talmud says that um, when the verse, uh, when the verse in uh, in Deuteronomy chapter ten says, "What does the Almighty want from us? Only to fear God, etc." In this chapter ten in Deuteronomy, uh, it says what it's really referring to: "What does the Almighty want from us? To give a hundred blessings a day." Why? Because the word "ma" is also the same word as "mea." And man means a hundred and a hundred blessings. And if you actually count the letters in the verse, it comes up to a hundred. So says the Talmud. The Talmud Ramir says, a person is obligated to make a hundred blessings every single solitary day. Now, this, I think, uh, this statement tells us that blessings are really important in Judaism. So important you've got to do a hundred of them a day. Which, by the way, sounds like a lot, right? Go ahead. So early we talked about why formal prayer was needed. So does it have to be a formal blessing or can it just be a formal and like let's say you have something to say or pray for? Yeah, so the Talmud says that a blessing has to have certain elements to it. Like every Jewish blessing starts with the same way. Baruch atah Hashem Right? So it has to start So it has to have those elements. Uh, for example, like the words mean that the Almighty is blessed and He is uh, our God and He is the Master of the Universe. Every blessing shares that commonality. Uh, so if you were to say in English, you got to make sure that it has, to, has those qualities to it. That being said, it's very easy that the blessings are... are, are yeah, it means the blessings are used, they're not so long and they're very easy to memorize, especially the ones on, on food. So it's just, just if you just learn Hebrew, it simplifies everything. But my question is, what's the whole idea of a blessing? Like, Why is it... Well, first of all, what's the meaning behind a blessing to begin with? And second of all, why is it so important? Why is it so central? Like, Does God really need us to pat Him on the back? Blessed are you, Almighty God, King of the world, that you gave me X, Y, or Z, uh, that every food we have to have... As the Almighty can't just give us the food and Almighty, like demands that we acknowledge it or thank Him. Yeah, but you know, does, my, does the Almighty really need that we bless Him for every food that we eat and every experience that we have and so many times during the prayers? You look at the prayers. The prayers uh, supply us with 86 of the 100 daily blessings. 
So if you actually look at the prayers from beginning to end, the morning prayers, the morning blessings, and the prayers uh, that are included in the Amidah services, you come up with 86 blessings. You're talking about um, praying three times a day? Yeah, well, yes, yes. Yes, yes then you would get to 86. Well, then, he starts out differently. Well, that's not really a blessing. That's right. But, for example, the blessing that we say on 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 on, on studying Torah. That's a Baruch HaTashem. We have two of those. Um, uh, the blessing, the morning blessings. Uh, it's about like 10 or 12. Every Amidah has 19 blessings. It's called Shemona Esrei. Everyone heard the, heard the term Shemona Esrei? The word Shemona Esrei? Mm-hmm. Well, the nickname for the Amidah prayer is called Shemona Esrei. What does the word Shemona Esrei mean? means 18. If you actually count the blessings, it's actually 19 blessings. Uh, why? Because it was originally established as... Trust me, it's Shemona here. It checks out. <laughs> if, you actually, if you actually count the blessings, it comes out to 19. And the reason why is because when they established the uh, serv- the Amidah prayer to begin with, in the uh, fourth century before the common era they did 18 blessings and in the first century of the common era so it's about 400 years afterwards they added another blessing and the blessing was our blessing of rejecting of the judeo-christians that's right the judeo-christians not the christians the judeo-christians christians are something else only the judeo-christians were a problem now why would that be so it's a judeo-christian so christianity started off as a subsect of judaism so you would have a neighbor who, you know, your family would go to them for Shabbat meals and they would light Shabbat candles and they would go to the same synagogue and they would, but they were closet, secret uh, Judeo-Christians and you would have no idea. Yeah, it's like the Messianic Jews here. Yeah, well, some of them, yeah. Like, so like some Messianic Jews, we still have that same problem. Yeah. So in order to weed them out and kind of to, 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 to break away where people have to choose their allegiances, they established another blessing. And the blessing was... Uh, a curse to the Judeo-Christians. And then we would have people that we suspect that maybe Judeo-Christians say, why don't you leave the services? And then that would put them in a very comfortable situation and they would either, they would have to, you know, finalize their allegiances of the Jewish or the Christian. Can't be both. So, but because it was already called for 100 years, the, the 18 blessings, they just kept the name 18 blessings. You know? We, you know, we don't have to. We don't want to have to reprint all the books, right? I like these so much. Okay. Nice. And I'll give you my so, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. I have another question. Um, so Shema doesn't start off like that either. Like, right. So Shema is not a blessing. That's right. But if you look at before the Shema in the morning services, okay. uh, um, you have what's called Birchos Kriyashma, the blessings of Kriyashma. This, uh, this uh, three blessings right before Kriyashma, right before reading the Shema, that are blessings on their own, right? Okay. So three blessings precede Shema, uh, but Shema itself is not a blessing. That's right. Okay, so, okay, I guess why is it not a blessing? Well, it's a, it's a prayer. It's, it's prayer. prayers, and, okay, and, so but, prayers but it's is a blessing. That's right, but it's not specifically a blessing. Okay. And uh, I think the, the I think the important question we have to ask is what's what's really special about blessings. And how is it really transformative 
uh, in a way that justifies the mandate of 100 blessings a day. You know, if it, you know, prayer is important. We pray three times a day. Blessings are important. We got to do it a hundred times a day. And it's linked to so many different kinds of experiences. Every time we eat, we got to make a blessing. Every time we pray, we got to make a blessing. It means it, 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 it seems like it's a it's a it's a very uh, malleable form of uh, of of religious activity. And the question is, what exactly is a blessing, and what does it do to a person? So I want to introduce some uh, some statements in the Talmud. We wrote, we have three statements back to back to back in the book of Brachos. The word Brachos means blessings. blessings. You know why? Because there's entire there's an entire. Oh, it was bothering me the whole time. No problem, guys. So, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, there's an entire book of the Talmud that's primarily dealing with blessings. And in fact, the laws of prayer, like you said, Miriam, there's an overlap. Uh, the laws of prayer are also included in the book called Brachos. So, they are linked t- t- together, they are related. Go ahead. I guess. Okay, I'm not. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to try and figure out how to ask this question. Okay. But let's continue. Sorry. I guess. Go ahead, go ahead, ask. I think because the Shema is probably more of an affirmation of, of belief versus prayer is more of like an, an action of faith. It means it's like more of a, a mitzvah versus a... Well, I would say one is more intellectual and one is more designed to... Um, one, one's like an intellectual affirmation of all the principles of Jewish faith and practice. Uh, and one of them is more general. And that's why... And blessings are very specific. That's why there's so many different kinds of blessings. It's probably the simple answer. So um, let, there's so many th- I guess there's so many things to be thankful for in the Shema. You just read it, well, obviously. But I still don't I guess, understand. Yeah, so you mentioned thankful. So you already given me an answer. So you're saying the reason why we're blessed is because we're thankful. I mean, that's not the reason, but it's in there. It's like the reason I went to, to ice to go get some ice cream because maybe other people were going with me, but I'm still glad I have it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like fulfills multiple things. So you want to change the the shema and say a blessing? I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I well I I I, 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 I think if we unpack the shema, we'll find that a lot of things that that are part of the shema are are blessings on their own right. Like yes. when you affix a mezuzah, mezuzah is part of the shema. We mentioned it twice in the shema. When you affix a mezuzah, there's a mezuzah blessing. Uh, when you wear tefillin, there's a tefillin blessing. When you study Torah, there's a Torah blessing. You know, there's a lot of isolated blessings uh, that are incorporated in the Shema in the actual activity of the activities that are mentioned in the Shema. So I don't think it's, 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 it's that distance. You, know, you ask the question, hey, in the end of the Shema, we talk about living in Israel. Well, how come there's no blessing for living in Israel? Oh, yeah. you know, why do we make a blessing for that? Or maybe if we lived in Israel, we should make, every morning we should make a special blessing of Israel. It's a good question. 
By the way, there's an entire section of Jewish scholarship asking the questions on the mitzvahs that we don't say, on the mitzvahs that we do not say blessings on, why don't we say a blessing on that mitzvah? There's an entire realm of scholarship dedicated to this question, why certain mitzvahs have a blessing that precedes it, and certain mitzvahs do not have a blessing that precedes it. When you sit in a sukkah, you make the blessing on the sukkah. When you shake a lulav, you make the blessing on the lulav. When you light the candles for Shabbat or for Hanukkah, you make the blessing, right? When you live in Israel, which is a mitzvah, we do not make a blessing. Why not? When you give charity, you make a blessing? Is giving charity a mitzvah? Why don't we make a blessing on charity? Well, maybe it might be a little awkward. Like the poor man is like... He's not supposed to tell? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, when you... Uh, this might be a little weird, but the question was asked, I know, at the very first mitzvah of the Torah, be fruitful and multiply. Where's the blessing for that? Well, the question is, well, when, do we, when would you actually make a blessing? Well, when you find out? <laughs> Maybe. Well, in truth, there is... A, you know, but there's, there's a blessing for any time something good happens to you. There's a blessing that we make. Uh, if we're saved from danger, there's a blessing we make. Uh, if um, something bad happens to us, relative dies, there's a blessing we say for that as well. God forbid someone loses... Uh, uh, a parent or God forbid a child or something like that something really terrible happens there's a special blessing which means that God is the uh, uh, the righteous just uh, uh, judge so we're kind of accepting God's uh, decision even though it's obviously painful so blessings are really dominant part of our it's not limited to we think of blessings in terms of eating it's part of our prayers. It's part of our life. Uh, you know, our life. It's a certain mode, I think, of of behavior that we do as Jews. So I want to dig into this idea and find some some maybe some insights and see how prayers really can play a crucial role in 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 in, in the in the meteoric spiritual growth uh, can result from analysis of prayers and the meaning behind it, and yeah, maybe that would propel that us. Uh, prayer blessings. But I say a blessing. So if you perform tefillin, which had blessings in it, yeah, that's a blessing. The, the blessing is part of is is, is the blessing that you say for to to do the tefillin. I guess is what you're counting. Yeah, that's not what I'm the blessing that's in the actual. No, no, no. The blessing itself. of putting on the tefillin, the blessing of putting a tzitzis on, the blessing of erecting a mezuzah, a, 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 a mezuzah, fixing mezuzah, the blessing. What about writing? No, there's something we say. Interesting, we say it. You don't write. You could write it if you want, but that's not that's not, that's not the mode, right? And if you guys remember, a few weeks ago we talked about the idea of, of speech right. and how speech is a really powerful medium that we have because it involves us in our totality with our body and our soul. Uh, because speech is the touch point of body and soul. It's an activity that your body does. But it's not entirely physical, and your 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 soul does. But it's not entirely spiritual. So maybe we say that blessings too have to be enveloping of our totality. Let me find you guys something disturbing that the Talmud says. Three things back to back to back. 
the rabbis taught, it's a forbidden for a person to take pleasure from this world without a blessing. And the person who benefits from the world, this world, without blessing, it's as if they encroached on the holy. Which is a way of saying, as if there was something that was sacrosanct and they defiled it. Something's holy and they defiled it. That's number one. Number two, same Talmud, this is in Brachos 35a, the bottom. Rabbi Levi asks a question, and he brings two verses. One verse says that the Almighty owns the entire world, the earth and everything above it, and everything that fills it. That's one verse. And the other verse says that the heavens are for God, and the land, the earth, is for us, it's for man. So the verses are in conflict. One verse says that the earth belongs to God. Another verse says that the earth belongs to us. Which one is it? Say the third thing again, because it didn't say it, it belongs to us. It says it's for us. For us. No, Hashemayim Shalom Hashem. The heavens are for God, and the earth God gave to us. That's it. Earth Natan Adam. The earth was given to man. Yeah, we don't own it. We don't own oh, it. we don't we own it. Or it says it's given to us. Right. But we don't own it. Well, maybe we don't own it, but, but it's given to us. Maybe we do own it. Who says we don't own it? We own it. Because we eventually die. Well, eventually die, so, but, you know, it's still ours. It's collective. It's, it belongs to humanity, so to speak. But, but, but the other verse says that the earth belongs to God. Well, which one is it? But no, but the, the problem is we have, a, we have two verses. So how could it be both? So it's not possession. We made the deal. Well, Adam and Eve. Okay. We made the deal. What deal? Um, the new deal. That's before I was born. So, this is what the Talmud says. Talmud says both of them are true, like what you guys are saying. And I think it says something very similar to what you're saying. It says, what the difference is, is that when it talks about the land belonging to God, that's before man says a blessing. But once man says a blessing, then he owns this world. So you take an apple. Whose apple is it? It's God's apple. You make a blessing... It's your apple. So what this is telling us is that blessings are the means with which humans acquire that that belongs to God. For example, give us an example. We have a um, a description of our life experience on this planet uh, from Rabbi Israel Solanter. Who is Rabbi Israel Solanter? He's the most important rabbinic, rabbinic figure of the 19th century, I would argue. The most important one. Uh, and he says like this. He says, this world is like a very fancy hotel. This world's like. You go to your hotel room, 
You're like, oh, there's a fridge there, right? So what do you do? You open the fridge. Oh, it's stocked with all the goodies, right? <laughs> so what do you do? You start taking like, oh, this mini bar. Mm. Now you, you open things up. You start drinking. You get, oh, there's cookies here. Great. You know. Oh, there's a, there's a menu. Let's order room service. You order your room service. You want some fancy food and really expensive drinks. And you got great. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you spend a week in the hotel and then you check out. What happens when you check out? They're like, sir, <clears throat> ma'am, you have a bill of $3,300. What? <laughs> Where did that come from? Well, that little vial of whiskey that you drank was actually $62. And the bottle of water, you know, that's $48. You know, everything's outrageously priced. Right. That's what this world is. This is the world where the Almighty says, it's all yours. Go take it. It's yours. Enjoy whatever you want. And you live your life and you're enjoying it. And you know, it's a really wonderful world. The Almighty gives us lots of pleasures that are here for our taking. Lots of delicious food, lots of wonderful scenery, lots of entertainment, lots of exciting things, you know. And we partake and we partake and we partake and we partake and then we die. And what happens when we die? That's when we leave the hotel and we get our bill. We're like, whoa, why is it so expensive? <laughs> what? That's what this world is about. This world is not about partaking in the physical. It's about, it, but, uh, but, you know, it's, 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 about, uh, it's about investing in our spiritual lives. And whatever we do in partake in, our, in the physical, that comes at a heavy cost. I have a question. Go ahead. Your first Talmudic statement mm-hmm. sounded like it was in conflict with your uh, not every mitzvah has a blessing. So if you take pleasure in a mitzvah, and are you defining what God just said? If you take pleasure in a mitzvah, does so that make a blessing? Yeah, your first, your first said, if you take pleasure in the physical world, without doing a blessing, then you defile God. Is that what you guys said? I don't know if it's... You defile God. You, defile, you profane that that is holy. You profane that is what is holy. That that is holy. So, That's right. Taking pleasure in doing a mitzvah, but there's no blessing for that mitzvah. How's that work? So, well, if 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 you if you listen carefully, the verse doesn't say if you partake in any pleasurable thing. It says if you partake for any pleasurable thing in this world. It's referring to material stuff. Yeah. Material, physical stuff. Okay. So. So, so you're saying, hey, if I enjoy, if I if I enjoy spiritual stuff in this world. Well, it's not what it's disgusting. Let's take uh, a mixture. Charity is material and spiritual. Well, it's no, it's it's spiritual for you. It's material for the guy you're benefiting. Poor gal. So if you're or organization. Charity, no, there isn't. That's the question. That's why, why. That's what I'm getting at. So there's no blessing, but I'm taking pleasure in that. Yeah, but you're, but what kind of pleasure is that? That that that's the pleasure of a, of a mitzvah, not the pleasure. What this verse is saying: if you partake from this world, means from the physical world, from the material world, without a blessing, without recognizing that God gave it to you, then uh, then then it's as if you're profaning that kind of soul. So, so so let me finish the point. Let me finish okay. the point. Just one question. Go ahead. Real quick. Go ahead. Go, ahead. Go. go ahead. So just taking that charity thing one step further. As an example, mm-hmm. so let's say I gave tra- charity, but I'm only giving charity. Get my name on the big synagogue, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I'm taking pleasure in doing that. 
because I may be rewarded for it. I agree that it's possible for someone to offset the spiritual accomplishments of their mitzvahs if they get a fringe physical benefit as right. a kickback. But they're still getting and the mitzvah. And Maimonides writes that. Maimonides says sometimes, you know, if someone tries to uh, uh, evoke a physical kickback for a mitzvah, that diminishes the power of the mitzvah and diminishes the spiritual nature of the mitzvah. Okay, I hate to transgress, but I'm just going back to what you, a previous lesson. Go ahead. We try to align our Yitzhak, right, with yes. our, you know, with the goodness. Mm-hmm. So sometimes in aligning that, you're physical and you, you're doing a physical pleasure. Right, but that is not a physical pleasure on its own. It means what you're doing that. So, so, so you're you're pointing to the grand insight of Judaism, and that is, it's possible for me to make my physical pleasure spiritual, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Now, let's say I'm eating the apple, but instead of just gobbling it down and make a blessing on it, what I do is I transform that physical pleasure into something holy. So I'm not profaning. I'm in fact elevating. So you're right. It's possible for me to invoke my Yetzirah to do a mitzvah. But that Yetzirah enjoyment that I'm getting as a side benefit, that's not this world. That's not uh, uh, mundane. That's holy. So it's possible to have everything. Really, it's possible to have everything. It's possible that even our basic uh, sustenance and our physical desires and our pleasures in this world can also be holy. It's possible for two people, they're both in the restaurant, they're both having the same succulent kosher steak, and one's doing a mitzvah, and one's profaning. Because Judaism, well, exactly, blessing will be one example. Judaism is going to inject into the physical world, the physical experiences, it's going to inject a spiritual twist. A spiritual spice, so to speak. So when someone makes a blessing and they're like engaging uh, 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 it's it's spiritual ritual almost for something entirely physical. Like, whoa, what's going on here? I, I understand if, if, you're, if you're in synagogue, if you're fasting, if you're doing something, something ascetic, something religious, then you make a blessing. Why are you making a blessing for the steak? Well, the answer is, herein lies the grand insight of Judaism. Is that our entire lives has to be a life of growth, of, of transcendence. We can't just say, oh, you know what? I have one day a week for my soul. I'll do it on Saturday. The rest of the week, the soul can just wither away. No, of course not every hour of every day. Even when I'm doing things that are body dominant, I can inject my soul into that as well. I make the blessing and suddenly this is a spiritual experience. So I, I agree that you're right. It's possible for us to align our physical and spiritual lives, and that's a very good thing. It's encouraged. But what happened? It, yes, it's physical, but it's holy. You know, even going back to that steak yes. example. Yes. Um, yeah, this is easy. Eating, I'm hungry. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> you know, choosing to go to that kosher steak place. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been there, but I still want to go there. Oh, it's amazing. You've been? Okay. But even choosing to go there, yeah, I don't know. It, it's I would still say is um, 
elevating elevating what you're doing mm-hmm. instead of going to so forever. for sure for sure when we kosher food the food's holier as well absolutely absolutely this adds that layer an extra an extra oh yeah exactly. elevation exactly exactly so now so, so let's finish the example here of, of Rabbi Salanter so he says that whatever we partake in this world the, the physical elements of this world we're going to have to pay for it how do we avoid having to pay a huge fine at the end of our hotel stay? A few ways. So one example he gives is, who's the one guy who goes to the hotel and hates whatever he wants but doesn't need to pay a, a dime when they leave? The who's, well, not the owner. We don't know. We can't own the hotel. Who is the one guest that goes to the hotel and doesn't need to pay a shekel? The frequent one. Frequent flyer. <laughs> well, he pays them in in the aggregate, right? The you pay as you go. No, the president should pay. Pay as you go. Pay as you go. You pay as you go. The one person that goes to the hotel. Goes to the hotel. That goes to the hotel. And it's a person. It's a person. <laughs> if a person goes to the hotel, it doesn't pay anything. It's the guy who's going to rep- go ahead. It's a her. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> Why is that? I'm in a hotel every other week and I don't pay for it. Why not? Your company pays for it. Though. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, a client pays for it, but yes, same difference. So what does that mean? That means that, and I'll give you an even better example. Who's the guy who doesn't even pay parking tickets? The diplomats. Like, imagine you're an ambassador for your country. You're an ambassador for your country and you're on the trip. Right, and you have a really long hotel stay, and lots of you pay. You right, you don't pay for anything. If we are God's ambassadors, He foots the bill for us. So if 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 we take this world and say, you know what, we know what our mission is going to be, we're going to be God's representatives in the world. Which, by the way, is a responsibility of the Jewish people to be God's people, to be the chosen people, chosen people of what of God. If we are doing our job as Jews. We don't have to worry about what we're taking to the mini bar. We partake in the mini bar as much as we want. Enjoy. We don't have to. We don't have to withhold anything. Yeah, that doesn't apply at the hill. What's that? Oh, it's beer. Another and, and and this time, what's the Talmud saying? The world belongs to God. Until we make a blessing, then it's ours. I think perhaps what that means is is kind of similar. What it's saying is is that it starts off the way it starts off is that the mini bars, you know, it's really it's God's. It's really expensive. We're paying at a much higher rate. It's like you know, it's like when there's a really bad exchange rate, really, really wheat dollar. You're paying in euros. Imagine the mini bar belongs to God, so it's really distant, right? And it's really expensive, you know. You know the dollars are really worthless, you know. Uh, but then you say, "Oh, I'm going to make a blessing." You know, well, who's who's it then? Who who does it belong to then? Well, then it's ours. Well, if it's ours, eat as much as you want, I don't enjoy like as it. much as you want. Don't like it. Why not? I can say a blessing over anything, and it's mine. Go ahead. Like what? Say a blessing over the house. 
Well, because it's not your house. They only work to take stuff from, from God. You can't take it from the bank. Oh, say I have it paid off, and I say, oh, I'm going to say busting over my house. And it's mine? What do you mean it's yours? No, it's still not mine. It's, you know. It's in your possession. It's in my possession, but it's still not mine. Yours my accomplishments. Let's say even my accomplishments. I say busting over my accomplishments. I didn't achieve my accomplishments. Why not? God did. No. You did. I'm saying, according to your model, like then what we have no, what's our role? God allows us to do things, of course, that we couldn't do without God's, uh, exactly. with God's, with the vitality that God's giving us. But when we accomplish things, we accomplish them. Okay, so everything that Moshe accomplished, everything that Abraham accomplished, everything that you know that 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 you know the people that have transformed the world, it was theirs. They had the free will to do it. Now the Almighty obviously allowed them the free will, which is the greatest gift. To have the free will, uh, and uh, and made the world and made that made gave them the opportunities. Of course, you know we only every breath that we take, we have to thank the Almighty. Every time we breathe, we, we you know it's it's the Almighty giving us free air. I mean, give me an example of what I'm thinking, and I may be way off topic, but never never could right? In my favorite book, Danielle, because that's the only one I read. He he said, "Look what I did." And then the Lord said, you know, then he made him go what, insane or Right, whatever. so I think there's a difference. That's an accomplishment. I agree. But I, th- I think it's a subtle point here that we have to kind of walk uh, a fine line. There's a difference between saying, look what I did, and disregarding God right. versus recognizing the role uh, that we're able to accomplish. Because remember, what happens if someone says, ah, let God will take care of it. Let me lie down on the couch and do nothing, right? <laughs> That's very dangerous. Look what we did. Right, what the, huh? we did. Look what we did. Right, and that's also dangerous because that's you get conceited, right? And you, you know, you think you have all the power. But you know so, what you're getting things. You're acknowledging. Right. So when when you acknowledge God, yet you realize that it's up to you to do it. Right. Exactly. Right. Like that's the sweet spot. Yeah. So then producing children would then fall into the sweet spot because you have to thank God that He allowed you to produce these children, but the children couldn't come in without. Well, we even say that. The Talmud even goes on to say that the children, are, or every human, is a product of the parents, but also God. So, so it's a convergence belong, of both. That's but right. Do they belong to God? Well, the fact that our souls are uh, don't belong to us. So, it means, for example, you might say, "Hey, what I own, I own." Correct. So, let's say I own an iPad, right? I do, in fact, own an iPad. Uh, and I say, you know what? I'm not interested in it, and I just leave it in a coffee shop and forget about it, right? That's called that's called Aveda Midas in Talmud's in Talmudic lingo, which means it's a lost object, but that was deliberately lost by the owner. Who's the owner? Me. And what did I do? I deliberately lost. Anyone wants to take it? It becomes ownerless because I own it. Torah recognize my ownership. Right? This we can own things. Therefore, I could say I don't want to own it. I don't want to. I could sell it if I want to. And if I want, to, I want to get this owner. I could make it lost, and it's and it's lost, and it's, it's in my hands to do that. Now, what about my own life? Do I own my life or not? If I own my life, well, then just like I can lose my item willingly, I can lose my life willingly. 
But we're not allowed to. Why not? The reason why is because we do not own our life. There's some verses in, in Scripture that talk about the fact that our souls, we are guardians of our souls for God. So the Almighty owns us. Right. He deposited it within us. But we don't also own the land either. Who says we don't own the land? It's in our possession. It's in your possession to take care of. What about Shemitahs and all that? Well, so Shemitah is reminding us of the fact that we still own the land. Could you sell land? Of course you could sell land. Can you decide to plant? You can sell land, but it goes back to the original. True, true, true. But remember, that's only in Israel, so... You know, that's only in Israel. If you own your house, can you decide to knock it down and build something else? Yes, because you own it. Can you decide to, uh, in the back, plan? I don't, I don't know what the rules here, the deed restrictions are. <laughs> but if you own a farm somewhere, can you plant apricots if you want? Or apricots? Big argument. Is it apricots or apricots? It's apricots. Well, in New York, it's apricots. But as long as you don't say it. Pecan, as opposed to pecan. 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 I have no idea what you're talking about. Come on, reel you in. A pecan. Like a pea in a can. Yeah, I never heard that before. A pecan is something you eat. Okay. I'm not going to. You've never heard it pronounced the other way. No, I. Pecan or pecan? I think I've heard of pecan. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I've heard that. I think I've heard that too. Isn't that? I think it might be regional. Remember, I'm, I grew up in yes, New York. Yeah. Yes. They say pecan. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. I never even noticed that. Pecan pie. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. You're welcome. Well, let's go back. So, but apricot, apricots. So, can I choose to plant that? Why? It's mine. It's mine. Now, if I forget God and I. I tout uh, or I, I, I uh, assign. I, if I take all the credit for my accomplishments and forget about God, well, that's a problem. That's what we call conceit or arrogance. Well, I can try to make sure I understand because you're blowing my mind. This is the first time I ever heard this. You're saying that we own the land. Ha'aris Natan Levne Adam. The earth was given to us. Yes. And you know what? I would say the Torah is ours as well. Lo Bashamayimi. The Torah is not in the heavens. It's our Torah. But we own the land. We own the land. Hmm. And even Shemitah, right? Shemitah doesn't mean we don't own the land. It means we can't work the land. Jubilee? Jubilee means it goes back to the original owner, but it doesn't mean it goes back, it becomes ownerless, right? It means that in Israel... Your sliver of land that belongs to your family is your legacy, is your family's uh, heritage yeah. forever. So even if you sell it, you only sell it for a little bit, right? For, for, for a couple of years. Right? Maximum 50 years. It doesn't, it's 50 years. 49 years, yeah. Right, but that doesn't mean you don't own the land. The family owns the land. You can sell it if you want, but even the sale, the sale is temporary. Why, why is this such a surprise to you? always learned, and maybe I learned incorrectly, that the land is not ours, it's God's. You tell me, it's a verse in, in scripture. It's, it's Ma'aretz not possession, but it wouldn't exist without God. Of course it wouldn't exist without God, but that's the point. We know, of course, nothing would exist without God. Right? But is my brain my brain? Is my choices my choices? 
Uh, can I do choice without God? Of course not. But then my choices. And they're not God's choices. So, wait. You can't do choices. Oh, no. Without no. the interference of God. Not the interference, the allowance. The allowance of God. That's right. Then but, our lives belong to God. Well, our souls. I mean, our we, souls. We, we, we're, not, we're not arbiters of our souls. We, we, we cannot decide. We, 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 don't have, we, we don't own our souls. We own our decisions, but not our souls. Okay, but then God allows the decisions that we make. Oh, yeah. Then... That's the design. Okay, but then taking your life is then in accordance... Well, it's God a decision. Wants. No, that's right. It means God wants us to have the decision to take our own lives. If, but you can't make a decision. No, you, no, 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 no. It means... God wants us to. God wants us. God allows us to do whatever we want. We could commit whatever atrocities we want. Not not whatever atrocities, but the idea of, of humans committing atrocities is because the Almighty allows such things to happen. Why? Because man can make their own choices. Okay. So I can make choices that are bad choices. And he allows you to make. That's right. So it means if someone jumps off the building, they are choosing a to jump off a building and kill themselves, and b to go against what God told the, us. That our lives are not ours, thus we have no right to voluntarily lose our lives. But then how do we know it wasn't in his plan all along? Why would it be in his plan all along? He wants you back early. Well, then if he wants you back early, let let him come take it. So then... Come get it. You want it? Come get it. Right? So you'll say, no, because we have... uh, We have... Um, control over our destiny. Now, not necessarily we can say, you know, whatever. We, we, we're, we're limited to what our choices are going to be, right? Um, at any given point in time. Uh, but in our choices that we're, 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 that we're granted, those choices are ours. Now, we can choose the arena of our free will, but in whatever arena the Almighty places us, we could choose which way we want to go. So, so you're right. So we are kind of limited. We're limited because the Almighty is going to set up a situation with which we'll have the free will choices. But the choices themselves, those are ours. Okay. Make sense? Yes. Thank you. All right. Tell my wife I made sense lately. <laughs> well, you still have to fit back out the door, so don't fluff the peacock feathers too much. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um... I think it's to lock out the door. <laughs> I think That's it's, only it's to men, right? It's, so it's a peacock, but it's a pecan. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Duly noted. Where in Deuteronomy did you say? Uh, which word? Which word? Which what's which word? Which, 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 I didn't hear um, multiple pronunciations for uh, the peacock. I just wanted to see the context. Not. <laughs> I Go will find a few. Where Guinea? Here, here. No, no, no. I'm just trying to find that verse. Okay. I I don't think it's Deuteronomy. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I thought you said earlier. Deuteronomy was the other verse uh, that I quoted. The first verse. Where is it? Here's the inheritance of the land. This is in Numbers. It is in... Oh, it's a Lego 
Okay, it is in Psalms 115. 115. Psalms. Five books of Moses. Give me Psalms. Give me the Tanakh. Okay, ready? Yeah. My, my version of cold is food. So hot tea. So hot tea. Uh, this yeah, is the. Hot tea for your stomach. <laughs> this yeah. is 1:15 uh, in the book of Psalms, verse 16. Uh, As for the heavens, the heavens are Hashem's, but the earth He has given to mankind. So how how does this Psalms relate to? Well, it doesn't give us mitzvahs. We have no mitzvahs from the heaven. Okay. It's fifteen thirty-nine. Fifteen thirty-nine. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to read the context. That's all. Um, So it's um, um, but the Talmud is uh, the Talmud is obviously under the impression, um, that I think is unquestioned, that what the Psalms says is certainly in in line with what Judaism believes. It's not telling us a mitzvah, but it's telling us perspective. The perspective is that the heavens are for the Almighty, and the earth is for us. This is our domain. So it doesn't say specifically in the Torah. Well, how, how does the Psalms relate to the Torah? I'm not, I'm not really. It's part. It's part of the, what's called the Jewish Bible or the Tanakh. Right. I, I know there's like the prophets and the writings. Have you ever read any of the Psalms? No, my Ooh, my Jewish knowledge is down okay, here. No, my Jewish knowledge. He's read some of the Psalms. Really? Not funny. <laughs> Not funny? <laughs> yeah, so Psalms is a collection of writings uh, that are that are prayers. A lot of them are prayers. Well, the primary author of Psalms is King David. Is that the Tehillim? Tehillim. Tehillim is Psalms. Same thing. Psalms is English for Tehillim.
And the, the last statement of the Talmud uh, is, I think, the most surprising. Talmud says if someone benefits from this world without a blessing, it's as if they steal from God. That's right. Yeah. I got it in New York. It was great. It's wonderful. Yeah. You're supposed to read, like, uh, where's your tradition? You read your age minus one? Well, uh, some people read it every month. Like, my mother finishes it every month. And she's a really, like, special woman. Um, in the prayers, I incorporated a lot of them. A lot of them in the prayers. Um, there's a really nice long one. Chapter 119. It's got 176 verses in the chapter. It's the longest chapter in all of the Jewish Bible. 176 verses. Pretty cool. And in fact, the shortest chapter in, in, in the Jewish Bible is, I think, 117. So it's only two chapters separate the longest and the shortest uh, chapters of the Jewish Bible. Uh, but this teaching of the Talmud is very perplexing. It says, when someone eats, enjoys, partakes in this world without a blessing, it's as if they steal from God. Okay, that made sense. That's in line with what they said earlier. And from the Jewish people. And the question is why? Like, if I don't, if I, let's say, I eat something, but I don't make a blessing, okay, I'm stealing from God. It belongs to God until I make a blessing. Now it's mine. But why is it, why is it considered as if I steal from the Jewish people? How are they involved? I'm minding my own business in my house. No one's around. I have the food or the pleasure that I want to partake in. I don't make the blessing. I steal from God. Okay. Why am I stealing from the Jewish people? Well, when we were at Israel's house, we talked about collective punishment. Well, what could be part of that? If I get punished for not making the blessing, everyone else suffers. Yeah, I think it's probably a simple answer. Um, but I, I think we could also say um, and I found some nice sources for this as well, that when I make a blessing, what, what that does is it creates a pipeline with which the Almighty is going to give the world uh, goodness, endow the world with blessing. So essentially, the blessing is a way to benefit everyone. And when the Jewish people make blessings, it affects everyone. Right? So if I make a blessing, it affects, it affects the, entire, the entire nation, even the entire world. How do we lobby God? Think about lobbyists and how valuable they are. You know, how much companies and special interests invest in their lobbies because they are the ones who can affect change in legislative change. How do we lobby God? Well, so prayer, prayer is, 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 is a very effective method. That's why we pray. Uh, prayer is such a central part of Judaism. But we could we could have also a very far-reaching effect on the goodness and the influence that the Almighty is going to benefit the world with our blessings. Every blessing is another pipeline of goodness from the Almighty. It's a connection. It's a touch point where it's a point of recognition of God, and therefore it inspires or it, it brings about a, a, uh, uh, um, 
a, a, uh, a rush of godly influence in a positive way in the world. So in essence, we could have, when we're making blessings, we are enabling the world to benefit at large. That's so if I don't make a blessing, well, I'm stealing. I'm stealing for the whole people because the people lose out collectively because now there's less blessing to us at large as well. And I think perhaps more than anything else, I think when we make a blessing, we become alive. We become mindful. We become aware of that that we're doing. The biggest problem that we have in life, I think, uh, is the fact that we can live our entire life without ever stopping and thinking, stopping and examining, asking questions, or, or just noticing. We can live a life mindlessly. That's very sad. And we, when we're mindless, what don't we see? We don't see God. We don't see our fellow man. We don't see ourselves even. We don't see our family. And you know, we're all busy. You know? Obviously, we're busy. Because there's routine and... There's routine and there's busy and you know, there's... Uh, you, you have your job and you have your commute and you have, you know, the radio and you got the television. That's great distractions. Right? We can live our life mindlessly. So the things that you're saying are it's killers. The good way or bad way? Uh, great. Okay. So what if you uh, say a blessing but it's incorrect? But you have intentions of it being correct. So for example? Is it, is it better to say a blessing or not? So like what you're saying is... Like say the I steak. Have a piece of this, bread. Yeah, the, the bread or the steak. I have a piece of bread and I know it says... Uh, of the earth, but instead I say, okay, so you are God, thank you for this bread. Is it still mm-hmm. considered? I don't know if it would still be a blessing, but I think it's it's easy enough to learn the blessing. It's like hamotzi. Who doesn't know the hamotzi? But just, well, sometimes it gets a little complicated. Or rainbow or lightning and thunder, things like that. that are you know what? I'll tell you off the bat. I don't remember the exact uh, the exact uh, thing that we say for rainbow. It's like zocher bris, something like that. Namun vriso zocher bris. I don't remember the exact words for it. I remember the words for, for, for lightning and thunder, Osimas Bracious and Shekohov or Samale Alam. But that though these are the uncommon ones. These yeah. are the uh, but, but the common but ones. Even the common ones can get complicated. Why is that? Because you're tired or you just No, but it's or? it's because maybe you're not as knowledgeable. whatever the case may be. Okay, so then so let's get knowledgeable. I think we could we could right now I I actually had this printed out, I didn't bring it here. But I, I made a printout of all the, the six categories of foods and the six blessings. And you can learn them in 20, in 20 well, minutes. Where, where, you, where it's a meal or a snack or whatever. Yeah, uh, you get advanced. Get, what if I have... Between the Zonos and... Uh, Hamosi? No, not Hamosi. The Zonos and... There's another one that's... Adama? Adama, yeah. All right, so the are baked... But if you're giving thanks, but if you're if you're acknowledging and you get them, my, my, yeah. But going to this this simple thing, if you don't know but you make it a ten, is that good enough? Yeah, but the question is, do you want to live the life of saying, oh, I'll just always do that that is okay because I'll never learn the blessings. So it's, why do you just why learn the blessings? Red make it not okay, but grain of the earth make it okay. It's, mm-hmm. Saying fruit of the earth instead of just saying bread. I don't 
well, so that we could learn about the blessings themselves and what, why, why were these exact words chosen for the, the, you know, the wordings of the blessings. But either way, it's not so hard to learn. I, I'm, just, I'm just asking. So I'm saying, if someone doesn't know the blessings, they want to say the blessings, and they have food right now, and they have no one to ask what the correct blessing is, I think that's probably fine. However, after they eat their fill, go online or go to the rabbi or go to the book and learn it. It's so easy. It's, not, it's too easy to not be proficient in blessings. What happens if it just comes down to a pronunciation issue? It's fine. There's different pronunciations. You know, I say pecan, you say pecan. You know, it's still the same thing. It's still wrong. Huh? <laughs> Okay, but we uh, we have the prayers that are so long and so difficult to say, and that you don't have a problem with. Yet the blessings that in in their in their, in their totality is fifty words, all six blessings. You put them together, So six words that are the same amongst all them. What's three words? It's not hard to memory. Not have to memorize, no? Don't you think? Sometimes, because sometimes you're just lacking the word. Because I've been there, and you get to the end of the prayer, and you're like. Remember, we're not scholars. And the rest. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, mean, I, I know we're not scholars, but. But the intention is. These are three words. How hard was that? Right? Uh, Hamotzi lechem min haaretz. That's the four four words. Borei minei mizonos, borei pri haetz, borei pri hadama. Wait, haetz and hadama. Shachol nihebet So all of them are just three words. Besides from hamotzi lechem haaretz, three words. Yeah, but I have to keep three times five is fifteen plus four. There's nineteen words you guys need to remember. <laughs> we were learning Hebrew. We were learning Hebrew. And? Ben 2.0 moved. moved. Yeah. Moved. And I'm so we're not learning Hebrew, Hebrew So it's like I'm having trouble to know if I'm learning it right. A, B, it was easier with the teacher. Like 10 million times easier with the teacher. And C, we're only learning past tense right now. So... <laughs> So she can only talk in past tense. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't. She can't have a blessing before the wine. Right? <laughs> yeah. no, he looks very entertained. <laughs> no, no, Welcome to our world. I guess I just get those confused because I don't fully understand. But okay, obviously, hamotzi is bread. I got that. Hagalfin is wine. But I guess everything in the middle. Do you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables? I do. I'm vegetarian. Yeah, she's a okay. sweet girl. <laughs> okay, okay, so yeah. it's pri, which means that the Almighty creates bore. Okay. Create. Pri means a fruit. Okay. But there's two kinds of fruits. There's vegetables, 
and there's fruits, what we call fruits. Pri ha'etz, of the eights, like eights ha'chayim. Eights means a tree. Okay. So fruits of the tree is fruits, what we call fruits. And fruits of the ground is vegetables. Ha'adama. Like man is Adam. Adam is made from the earth. Adama. That's the earth. Tomato. Tomato, where's the way is it from? Earth. But it's not from a tree. So is it from a tree? Even from a bush, it's from a bush. Bush is also from the earth. So it doesn't go by seeds. It just goes by where it's from. Yeah. Okay, and then what was the baked one? Bore, same word. Mine mezonos. And that's also for beer too. No. No. Beer shahakol niyamitzvaro. So any all drinks, all your no meat for you, right? But if you know, for for me. Nihiyamitzvaro. <laughs> uh, that everything is made with the will of God or with the word of God. Simple. So like uh, anything like uh, eggs, uh, any candies of sorts, processed foods, Cheese. cheeses. You have a lollipop at Shachol Nebedvaro. Any drink besides for besides for wine. Shachol Nebedvaro. That's it. We learned them all. What substitutes for Kiddush? Mm-hmm. Then you would do what's called Hamar Medina, which means that if someone does not, if someone's stuck without grape juice or wine on Shabbat, they would do Hamar Medina, which means the beverage of the of the of the country, mm-hmm. country beverage, country beverage, any beverage. Yeah, well, any beverage, any the the way the way the way it is simplified is any beverage that's. Respectable. If you have guests coming, you make them a cup of tea, you know, mm-hmm. or something that's that's nice enough to that's like a beverage. It's not just a drink. Then that will be okay. So if it could be coffee, it could be it could be tea, it could be iced tea, it could be beer for sure. People drink uh, whiskey for kiddush. Um, people do that even if they do have grape juice and wine. So you can uh, do it almost on anything. Well, on um, anything, anything that's a respectable a beverage. Yeah, you could. You Is could. There but then you wouldn't say Bor Prayer Duff and you would hit Bor Shakon and Zora. So, um, I, ha- I-, I had collected like about 10 more reasons why we say blessings. <laughs> um, and different variety of blessings and how blessings help us have faith. What happens when someone makes a blessing? I hold the tomato or tomato. Right, either one or both, one in each hand. And I say the blessing, I say, What I'm saying is, I'm acknowledging that the Almighty is involved in our lives. I'm saying that this came from the Almighty. Suddenly, like, it's an, eating a tomato or tomato is an exercise of faith. Suddenly, my worlds are intersecting. My physical and my spiritual worlds are intersecting. That's what a blessing is. And it's a reminder of faith. And not only that, it's practical faith. Because when we think about God and we think of an idea that's out there in the cosmos, that's what we think. When we take something that we're ingesting and we, we, we invoke the idea of God into our earthly experience, it makes it more real with us. So if someone just had blessings, they could get not only intellectual faith, but practical faith as well. 
um, when we live a life, right? And it's very, like we said, you go through a lot of things and you, uh, you know, we, we, we um, unfortunately are, uh, tend to not be so mindful about everything that happens. And then every time we enjoy something, every, every glass of water, every meal, every fruit or vegetable that we ingest in, and we stop and we acknowledge, you know, we, we stop for a second, we think about how wonderful life is and how you drop a seed in the ground and before you know it, you have a tree full of apples and then you eat the apples delicious and you get a, a coupon for another seed. Like, that's mind-boggling. I haven't yet met anyone who's going to explain to me how exactly does earth turn into apples. Do you have any idea how that actually works? How does it work? Anyone have any idea? <laughs> you try to chew soil. It's not that good. No, I wouldn't suggest it. You wouldn't suggest it. Yet there's some miracle that happens, and suddenly we have wheat, and we have bread, and that sustains us. Where does it come from? It's a gift from the Almighty. And we think about how lucky we are that we have so much, and that brings our... It enlivens us. You know, we could really... We, we Think about that. If we think about the fact that the Almighty is giving us wheat and we have bread from the Almighty, that is a more just, uh, enriched experience. And we could be happy in our life. If all we have is blessings, we could be happy in life. Joyous every day. All we have is blessings. We have faith and we could be happy. Why? Because I'm thinking about that. Like, the Almighty gives me so much. There's blessings we say in the morning. She'asa li kol which is one of the morning blessings. That God made for me everything that I need. Everything that I need, the Almighty prepares for me. What could be possibly more joyous than that? So, with blessings, we have faith, we have practical faith, we have mindfulness, we have joy, we have happiness. We inject our 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 um, spiritual twist on everything in our in, in, in our physical life. I heard a great story. I don't want to. You know, belabor this point, but someone once said that uh, you know, a couple nights ago we had this big storm. You're driving in the storm, and you obviously have your windshield wipers on, and um, when you put your windshield wipers on, it's you know, or if you don't have your windshield wipers, on, you just see a deluge of water, and then when you, right when you put the windshield wipers on, for that split second, you see a few drops, you know. You see drops, but it, if you, you know if you if you don't have it on, you just see all the water coming down. But once you clear it away, you see the first couple of drops. So someone once said that our life, the Almighty gives us so much blessing, because we're just ah, you know, we're overwhelmed with a blessing. We don't realize every single one. But when, a blessing is like a, is like when we wash the windshield, and then we notice this, we notice that, we notice these little little bits of joy of goodness that we have in our lives. Um, so that's that, guys. Um, I have to tell you, I have nine pages of, of stuff here <laughs> uh, with sources and everything. But if you think about the numbers, you know, if we do, if we do one hundred blessings a day, we'll end up with thirty-six thousand blessings a year. Think about it. If we, how different would our life be a year from today, if 
from now to then we did 36,000 times we recognize God. Think about that. Our lives. How mindful we'd be of everything that, that we encounter. And how enriched will our experiences be? How developed will our faith have become? It's mind-boggling. And going back to what we started earlier, we we um, we say that what does the Almighty want from us? What is it? Everything that the Almighty wants from us, both for our perfection and for our pleasure, we get with blessings. Here's another example here, just just how far this reaches. Tikkun Olam, the world, the, the the world mission, particularly our nation's mission in this world. What's it about? We spoke about this several times here in this same room. It's about us bringing that day of God to the world. Now imagine every time I eat something, every time I take something, multiple times a day, in the morning and at night, I invoke the name of God. It really becomes alive. Suddenly the idea of God is not an, not an idea that we think about in philosophy class. It's really here, present, around us at all times. Thus, if we want a shortcut to the Quran, all we've got to do is say 100 blessings a day. You got it. 100 blessings a day, you got a shortcut. Who doesn't like shortcuts? I have so much material here. You have no idea, guys. I, I, I literally have nine pages of, of really tiny letters in Hebrew, all in Hebrew. Uh, you know, I, I found, I'll give you guys an example here. Huh? Okay, so I'm not going to drive you guys too crazy here. Yeah, that happens to she that happens to my wife every night. Well, and, and to me sometimes. They make mommy junk for. You know what I did? You know what I did last night? I had my son was coughing, a really bad dry cough. I'd like take him out, and, like turn on the the shower so the steam helps. Huh? You have a humidifier? Yeah. No, but you put him in the shower. Cool. Then the shower. Well, I mean, it's yeah. a humidifier. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it was a really bad cough. But I didn't even go to school today. I had a little fever also. It's fun. Yeah. Fun in the Wolby household. <laughs> you know. Uh, we had... Um, listen to this idea. Let me finish this one crazy idea here. We always assume that as humans we need to eat and as Jews we need to make blessings on our food. That's, that's, that's right? There are many sources... In Jewish philosophy, this should this should blow your mind. By the way, I think this this this, this one should blow your mind. mind. I, I don't know if it will, but it should. That they say that in fact the opposite is true. What the Almighty really wanted was for us to become great people, and how do you do that via blessings? Thus, he said, humans need to eat. So it's not like we need to eat, and therefore, well, how do we eat as Jews? Let's make blessings. As Jews, we need to make blessings. Well. We have, the Almighty says, we'll have to make opportunities for them to have blessings. Let's give them so many different varieties of food, so many different mitzvahs, and thus they'll make, be, be able to do the blessings. The blessing is the reason why we eat, not you the other get way rewarded. around. You blessings and you get rewarded in food. 
pretty mind-boggling. Mind and if you think about all the things that we delineated quickly um, of, of what blessing and how it affects a person, uh, it's, it's pretty clear to see uh, how this actually works and how uh, exhaustive of, in, of an impact it has on so many different areas of our life, not just spiritual. And it's not just, oh, we'll have some spiritual. It, our experiences, if we... Like, you see people in a restaurant, right? And there's two kinds of people in the restaurant. Both ordering the same food. And one guy's like, Ugh. right? Like ingesting it. I, I just, you know. And then there's the other person who stops and enjoys and like savors. And in life, we have a lot of pleasures. And a blessing makes us savor it. We stop and we think and we recognize it's a more mindful experience, which is more pleasuresome. Even just physical pleasure is better when you appreciate it, when you note it, when you recognize it. That's what a blessing is. So it's, it's nice that this is not just a way to improve our spiritual lives, but I think it will impact. You know, you see these um, these food shows. I was in a I was in a hotel recently, and nothing, to, never anything to watch. We don't have a television in our house, um, but there's this food show, and this guy. Um, the spiky blonde hair, and his guy. Is it, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like eating the food like this. But he's right. He's eating like with his hands, disgusting. But he's also like he's talking about the subtle notes of whatever, and you know, I taste this and I taste that. Like the people that really enjoy food, I'll give you guys another story here. The people that really enjoy food, they notice the subtleties. They don't just eat the food and not think about it. On uh, this past weekend. My brother, my brother, who lives in our neighborhood, made a bar mitzvah. So we had a big kiddush in shul. And me and my brother had a, a chalantathon. You know what that is? It's like a, the, 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 the traditional food, the chalant, that we eat on Shabbos. Like a, like, um, like a, like a marathon, a chalantathon. It's like a walkathon, a bikeathon, chalantathon. <laughs> so we each got a pot. We split our ingredients in half and we say, okay, well, I'm going to make a chalant, you're going to make a chalant, see which one comes out better. Fine. So we both made a mass, massive chalant, like we're talking about 20, 20 quarts, enormous, enormous pot. And, uh, and then afterwards, there's a guy in town who's like a chef. So I said to him, I made this one, my brother made that one, taste them, get back to us, which one's better? I thought mine was <laughs> way better. Well, but they were entirely different. Mine was like spicy and his was sweet. So he said to me, he says, yours was fantastic, but your brother beat you because it was more balanced. I don't think my kids would ever describe food as being balanced. <laughs> really? Really? Why? Because that's not, that's not the way kids don't appreciate it. They, you know, they, they, they take the totality. They don't, they don't look at the subtleties, the nuances. Right? No, but for what it is on, a, on an unsophisticated level. I think a blessing kind of can add to our sophistication of the pleasures that we encounter in the world. So either way, uh, my, uh, my call to action is that we all should really learn the blessings of the foods. Um, it's six blessings. I think if I remember, I will bring next time, I'll bring a, uh, a printout. Send them a reminder. A printout. I can text it to everybody. I got a picture of it. Yeah, so let's make a printout or something like that. And let's do it. And let's let's try to not only do a hundred a day. Let's do ten a day. You have like a little card, you know, 
like yeah, I know. So the bathroom in the part. Open, in the open up like an accordion, and have all the girls in it. <laughs> Yo, you need an accordion. I mean, it fits. It's got. Well, that's you're right. That's the blessing. No, but, I said that you right. Like a blessing, like it for you know for the for eat drink for eat food. We don't need to do no, 100 blessings. Let's try to do classic. 10 blessings a day or 10 blessings a week. But really think about what we're doing and try to have a more mindful experience. Not just for the spiritual benefits, which are uh, vast, but also just to have to have awareness of what we're doing, what what kind of life we're living. You know, and that will benefit. I think it will benefit us tremendously. You know, and I think if if the Talmud says. As an explanation of the verse, what does the Almighty want for us? And it says, what does the Almighty want? A hundred blessings? It really covers everything. Because the Almighty wants us to have a wonderful life, not just on the spiritual realm, but in the physical realm as well. And we can have our cake and eat it too. Uh, indeed, we can have this world, we can have next world, we can have the physical and spiritual. That is the total package that we can get. Uh, and we can be helped uh, along the way uh, with a focus on blessings. So that's my call to action, everyone. Um, wonderful as usual. Um, and uh, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time. So next time we're gonna do what? Is I don't know. What should we do? We're gonna do the second amendment. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wanna do it? So yeah, we'll do. Send it out now. We'll do second amendment. Wait, wait, wait. Is Brad and all of them coming? Well, if I announce it, they might find it more appealing as a topic. And it's on Thursday now, right? Yes. Okay. Thursday. Yes. Thursday. Made on Thursday. You'll be in trouble. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Ben 2.0 works on Wednesday, so we say you can come on Thursday. I'm, ter- I'm absolutely terrified. Tell him I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means that I can make it.